Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hello, Satellite Sisterhood. Thanks for downloading our podcast. Whether you're a longtime listener or new to Satellite Sisters, we always welcome your input and your enthusiasm. In fact, our theme for 2014 is Share the Sisters. So if you're so inclined, help us spread the word about Satellite Sisters. How, you may ask? Well, go ahead and write a review on iTunes or give us the thumbs up on Stitcher if that's where you download the show. We'd love to have you share a link to our show on your Facebook stream. Or how about just go to SatelliteSisters.com and pay us a visit every once in a while over there at our blog. Thank you so much for your support of Satellite Sisters. And don't forget, share the sisters. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, April 27th. I'm Liz Dolan here in Santa Monica. Uh, too gorgeous for words here, so I won't even go into it. Uh, Leon, you're in Pasadena, California. Um, I know. We had some rain Friday night, which was so <gasps> unexpected. But then it makes it beautiful, like the result of a quarter inch of rain. It's just, it's magical. I know it's been a gorgeous weekend. I know it's so boring for people in the rest of the country to hear how nice the weather is in Southern California, but having not grown up here, I'm still shocked. I just, it still shocks me uh, every day. Julie, you're in Dallas, Texas. What do you got going Terra, We have terra firma here, Liz and Leanne. While you're out there enjoying all that good weather, we know the ground underneath your feet is not so safe. Right? <laughs> wow. That's true. It's a lot of bitterness uh, there. A lot of weather bitterness. <laughs> well, Leon, I was actually thinking of you. There's been so much news about that landslide in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, where you used to live. I was, every time I read about that, I was thinking, well, you know, no matter where you go, sooner or later, the earth is going to cave. Yes, there you go, Liz. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You just keep talking to yourself, sisters. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we have uh, – there's a bit of a theme for the first half of the show today. We realized that a lot of the things on our mind uh, just had to do with men of the world, like bad men, good men, <laughs> old men, young men. Uh, we've got some We've got some men at the top of the show here. The first is I'm just going to declare the- – <laughs> And then at the end of the show, we have dogs. We have so dogs. So don't worry. If you're not interested in men, we know you're interested in dogs. <laughs> uh, So today's like good guy, bad guy um, uh, sort of scenario here is the the good guy of the world this morning, George Clooney. Congratulations, man. Did you guys see he announced he got engaged yesterday or people announced it or TMZ announced Mm -hmm. it? I don't know what. Uh, yeah, so George Clooney finally getting getting married, which I wasn't really sweating it out. I actually admire people who are not cut out for marriage when they don't marry. Good for them, you know? <laughs> so all these years, he, wa- he wanted to just play around. Good for him. Yeah, I have no issue with that. Him, no. Derek Jeter, why get married? Why get, why get married? married if you're him? If you're like the most attractive man in the world, what possible, <laughs> what would your goal be in getting married? But apparently he's ready to settle down. And kudos to George for picking... Uh, a smart, age-appropriate woman. Uh, she's a lawyer from London. I did not look up her name. I'm really sorry. Maybe some one of you guys can call it up. The uh, but you know, apparently they've known each other about a year, and uh, they're going to go for it. So um, I'm very happy for George Clooney. Yeah, is it? She's Liz. She. I saw the headline today. First of all, she looks like Padma Lakshmi. Let's just yeah. say it. She's like a <laughs> she beautiful, yes. a beautiful like international rights lawyer. So yes. according to the headline I saw, she is as good in her field as he is in his field. So it, does, it seems like that? a romantic. It seems like a romantic comedy, though. I mean, it would. I mean, right. And do you believe this, though? I mean, he's had like 8 million girlfriends. So what is, you know, if I were her, 
I'd be a little nervous. I mean, about marrying him. Why now? I don't understand it, George. Well, 36-year-old lawyer Amal Alamudin. Uh-huh. There you go. That's her name. They were right. spotted having dinner at Nobu in Malibu with her friend, Cindy Crawford. Oh, oh God. wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, they had to meet somehow. You right. know, I mean, these, yeah, they're not going to meet in the checkout line at Vons. Uh, <laughs> that's how people like that meet each other. But, you know, she's not a model actress. Not that I have anything against that. But, you know, he always seemed to have more going on with him. And I'm glad that he found a woman that also seems to have more going on with her. So so yay for you, George Clooney. Now, the uh, worst man in the world today. uh, I don't know if you don't live in Los Angeles, if you have been following this story of Donald Sterling, the owner of the L.A. Clippers. Leanne, you've no doubt seen this. Every yes. Uh, the story broke yesterday that he was he was caught on tape saying um, racist things. Uh, but it didn't really break yesterday because people have known he's been a racist for 30 years. He's, really? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. See that? I mean, I think, the, you know, I've read the story. It's now on the news. But I didn't know what the background. I mean, I'm not interested in basketball and so I didn't know anything about this owner. But well, that, he's, first he's, of all, he's like the worst sports franchise owner of all time in any sport. <laughs> Don't quote me, but my husband's been saying it for 30 years. But Sports Illustrated named him that a few years ago because he's done absolutely nothing for that team. The fact that they're in the playoffs is just like a miracle of attrition, basically. I, he says he has taken that franchise nowhere and used it just sort of as a as a business loss leader for himself. It's just he's despicable in his business dealings. And he also settled a couple of years ago the largest housing discrimination lawsuit in history. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, he's a big landlord here in Los Angeles and developer, and he won't rent to African-Americans, Hispanics or Koreans. So, you know, that doesn't really go over big in a city where, I don't know, like 80 percent of the people fit into that category. So he's been like an awful guy forever. And then this tape broke out. And Liz, what's the story with the alleged girlfriend? Okay. Yes. So yeah. I, I actually listened. There's I try not to pay too much attention to things on TMZ because I don't want to encourage them. But then this morning, Deadspin, the sports website, printed the extend or uh, uploaded the extended version of the audio. So there's like a 15 minute version of this conversation that I listened to. So her name is V Stiviano. She lives here in L.A. Well, she lives with him in an apartment he bought for her. She is Mexican and African-American, and apparently they've been together for four years. Donald Sterling is still married to his wife also. So so that's very modern of them. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's not like it was some secret thing because you see all the pictures of him courtside at Laker games. You see V. Stiviano. Um, quite a gorgeous young woman um, next to him uh, courtside. So this was not a secret thing. But apparently in the last couple of years, uh, the wife, Rochelle, uh, started to get a little bit um, – well, I'll let her speak for herself. I don't know. She, anyway, she sued V. Stiviano for what she called embezzlement. Uh, because her husband used community properties, so their joint assets, to buy her a 2012 Ferrari – two Bentleys, a 2013 Range Rover, and a duplex near the Beverly Center that was, um, uh, I forget, oh, and another $240,000 worth of upkeep and living expenses. So the wife was coming after the girlfriend for the assets, alleging that they had been, um, you know, effectively embezzled. And so then- Good move. Good move. Now, all of a sudden, the tape comes out. It's unclear the source of the tape, but one could speculate that the uh, that V. Stiviano recorded the conversation on purpose, that there was a, a reason why she would want this point of view about Donald Sterling to get out. Anyway, it's just, it's horrendous when you listen to the whole thing. I mean, right. for both of them. Let me just say for both of them. They just, they both sound awful. And, um... But so it is this 80-year-old guy telling this, you know, I think she's 22, 20? right? Yeah. yeah. And they've been yeah. together four years. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, exactly. She's 22 years old? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jill. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, but basically telling her she had to take all the pictures of black people off her Instagram account and that she should not be coming to the games with black people, including really offensive people like Magic Johnson. So that's the conversation they're having with each other. And he's saying, you don't understand the culture of the world. It's not. And she's saying, you're a racist. And he's saying, I'm not. This is just the way the world operates. This is the way people do things in the world. And it's just like all the way around, totally despicable. So putting those two people aside or that whole triangle, who I really couldn't care less about those people. But imagine now you're working for this guy, right? right? You're Doc Rivers, who is the coach of the team. Yeah. Or, or you're one of the players. Uh, she even says to him, Vistaviano, in the conversation, like, you realize everyone that works for you is black. Like, all of your players are black. And, and he's like, yeah, well, that's why, you know, I pay them the big money and they have big houses and big cars. In other words, he's like, he sees no conflict at all between the fact that he doesn't want any black people near him or near her. And yet he owns this business where the people that are actually earning the money for him, the actual performers here are almost exclusively African-American. It is just all the way around. It's so appalling that I realized I must be incredibly naive. I just really honestly was shocked listening to it that people still think this way and talk this way and act this way. I that don't are, know. That are that hateful. Um, yes. Or, yes. Well, what's, the, what's the worst that's going to happen to him now that this has all been exposed? They I mean, can, I they should suspend him. They'll find him and they can take the team away from him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they can and they, they should have taken the team away from him. 15 years ago when he didn't do anything with the team. Nobody uh, nobody likes the owner, so he's just done nothing for this team. He's They were in the bottom of the league for years and years and years, and he just didn't put one cent into them. So, But they can take the team away. The NBA, of course, has a new, um, a new commissioner, so that's good uh, because um, – what's his name? The old commissioner, Liz – uh, David Stern. Yeah, David Stern did nothing. So even though, like, the former coach there, Elgin Baylor, also sued him for discrimination, the suit was tossed out. But this has been known. Several of the players said, we know the reputation here. We This is just – this is not a surprise or shock to the players or anybody else who's ever sort of been in shouting distance of Donald Sterling. He's just not a l- well-liked guy. He is not respected, and he treats people terribly. So – yeah. Yeah, so it's just like it's such a discouraging, awful, despicable story all the way around. These people, they have to continue to work for him under these circumstances. I honestly don't know how you would do that. Forget about the fact that they're even in the playoffs. And right. They're, gonna, they're supposed to be at the top of their game right now. Like really working for someone that is that low, that despicable, it's just – is. Shocking and uh, so um, it's almost like I, that's why I kind of had to listen to the tape because right. when I was just reading about it, I was like, really? People talk this way? Yeah. I needed to hear it for myself. And, you know, go to deadspin.com if you want to hear it. It's just really, really unbelievably shocking. So there Plus, we go. You know, let's be honest. Magic Johnson is like the most popular person in, in Los, Los Angeles. Angeles. I, I mean, aside from being a very powerful man and business owner and real estate developer here, yeah. he is just like wildly popular and beloved. So yeah. to say like you can't put up a picture with Magic Johnson is yeah. just it's the craziest thing. Yeah. It's just plain yeah. stupid. Never yeah. mind racist. It's just stupid. Yeah, so Magic has said he'll never be going to another Clippers right. game. But he yeah. also Magic also said the players shouldn't they should his players, the Clippers players are in the playoffs. This has been their personal dream. They shouldn't let this interfere. They shouldn't take a game off and protest or anything. That you know, the players should win this or lose this for themselves. And but the league should deal with Donald Sterling. Which That's is hard. That would be hard as a player, no doubt. No, yeah. To, to yeah. Know. Well, again, though, I don't think it's a shock to the players. I mean, right. you know, Elgin Baylor in his lawsuit uh, said the organization was run like a plantation. So, I mean, that's I mean, this that that reputation has been out there for years. So um, right. it's it's not that different than the many, many women who work for incredibly sexist bosses. Well, you know what? Right. I was going to get all riled up this week on the show about those poor NFL cheerleaders that don't get paid. For God's right. sakes, pay those freaking really? cheerleaders. Is- 
They don't get paid? No, Liz. They do all this. They get paid like four bucks for showing up at the game. I mean, I'm exaggerating here. Uh, they get paid like $100 a game, but then they do all those charity events and publicity. Right, right. They don't get paid for any of that. And so um, the Buffalo Jills are suing the ownership of the Buffalo Bills. And again, I, you know how much I these big leagues make so much money. The I owners know. make so much money and they milk cities and they milk players and now they're milking cheerleaders. So I was going to get <laughs> all That's where you draw the line. I know. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah. how much do you need to pay the cheerleaders? Not much. Pay them something. <laughs> At least to cover their hair and makeup costs. <laughs> right. I think that's really what the girls want. So yeah. Let them, you don't have that anyone really else. hard work what they do. I know. So I was going to get all fired up about that. And then this Donald Serling story broke. I, I have no love. Most well, of these team owners, very suspicious. <laughs> okay. Let's, hope, this let's hope the NBA does the right thing. I mean, it's, you know, uh, it would, it's time. They yeah. should do it. Right. Okay. So we've gone from good guy to bad guy. Julie, I think we're going back to good guys now, right? Good guys. Popalooza. <laughs> Did you see any of it this morning? Four popes pageantry pomp oh no i didn't even realize that was on you didn't liz come on i mean i knew it was i knew it was a big weekend i knew that there was a lot going on but i didn't realize there was a ceremony yes liz this is this is one of the few things the catholic church does super well liz is big (laughs) ceremonies st peter's square over eight hundred thousand people came to see it they Everybody was in their finest. They had all those cardinals. They had four popes. They had two living popes, okay, there at the same time. Pope Benedict and Pope Francis were there, and they um, they made two other popes saints. So that is, that's a big day, Liz. Pope Palooza. Yeah. It all happened. <laughs> and... And and it was you know it was actually a very more solemn ceremony. Um, in that, oh, uh, they didn't call it Pope Palooza. <laughs> no, no, that was I just I did my own branding. There. Okay, so, they should have tried that though, because yeah, then but, I might have heard about it. <laughs> that was the problem with the event. Yes, I think so. It wasn't big enough that there were two saints, but I want to say that. You know, I recently moved uh, and I, you know, have gone through all of my personal effects. And but in my jewelry box, I did happen to find my I got a peep at the Pope button. All right. God, that was for uh, JP, too. Yeah, that was for John Paul II when he made his trip to America. He came to New Orleans, and uh, we were living in New Orleans at the time, and I got a peep at the Pope. And then you know the other connection we had to um, Pope John XXIII is our brother Brendan, that our mother and father went to Rome, and somehow through some, I don't know how they got it, but they got to meet the Pope. The Irish American Club or something. Uh, that... It was some. <laughs> Knights of Columbus. Yeah. Yes. DIB Catholic, you know, situation <laughs> that they got on the inside track for. And they got to meet um, Pope John the 23rd. Mom was pregnant with our brother Brendan at the time. Mm-hmm. And hence his middle name is John, <laughs> Brendan John Dolan. So we have a very so I'm so surprised you were not watching the football. <laughs> I'll have I, to call Brendan and see if he was watching. Yes, yes, for his namesake there. Uh, but I will say that I did, you know, as I was um, preparing for this big podcast today, I was looking at some of the coverage of of um, of the canonization of these two popes, and one headline read: Two saints, but Mother Teresa gets shafted. Now. <laughs> She's not a saint yet. She is not a saint yet. So uh, first of all, what thought, does it take? Well, this is this is the thing, Liz. I mean, I mean, I know we're talking about men of the world. I mean, I that she she's on her way. She's in the pipeline to become a saint. Uh, so she, but she is not a saint yet. So I just don't know why she was not fast tracked. I don't right. know why. Uh, I guess two popes and uh, they just wouldn't go with a woman at the same event, perhaps. But that uh, maybe, or maybe they want to give her a, a separate event. But I'm hoping that Pope Francis, who is so committed to the poor, and obviously Mother Teresa, that was her life's work, that she, you know, that she will now be fast tracked uh, towards sainthood. 
Yeah, you know, I did read that they – I forget whether it was John Paul II or John the Twenty-Third. Where I mean, the, the rule is you're supposed to have two proven miracles. Yes, and yes. They, they gave him a pass on one miracle. Like, oh, for these guys, one is enough. They can, yeah. which, That's good. Know. I mean, bend the rules, however, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Well, then I, you should do the same for Mother Teresa. I, I know that she has that she has performed at least two miracles, but, uh, but I, I, I just know But that. she did not appear in Yankee Stadium, and I think, <laughs> I think that's the difference. But wasn't she at Monica's college graduation? Was she not the uh, the graduation speaker yes. at Monica's yes. Georgetown graduation? Yes. So yes, really, yes. Yeah. Oh, it was yeah. so hot that day. I was at that grad. <laughs> so hot in Washington D.C. I'm glad you were inspired by a woman who will go on to sainthood, <laughs> who's won the Nobel Peace Prize, who has uh, won pretty much every other of world award that you can get. Yeah. Okay. But except for sainthood and uh-huh. super hot. Uh-huh. It was just a super hot day. <laughs> um, you know, you know, it's funny. I, I had speaking of saints, which we don't often say on satellite sisters, <laughs> but a couple weeks ago I was, um, the honored to hand out the writing awards uh, to a couple of high school seniors given by the Cabrini League here in Southern California. And that is basically a group of Catholic moms that get together and do nice things. I am not a member of the Cabrini League, but I am nice enough. As I stated last week on the podcast, I am not that nice. And um, (laughs) so, but I was asked to give out these awards and it was a pleasure to do so. And I was supposed to give some inspiring words to the young, to the young women, but the awards were introduced by, of course, Sister Regina, who was there. Now, Sister Regina is uh, a member of the Sacred Heart Order uh, that Mother Cabrini founded, um, and they're dedicated to the poor and missionary work. So she founded her own order of nuns. And Sister Regina, at 80 years old, you know, very still devoted to Mother Cabrini, one of the last. So she got up and gave a very inspirational speech in the beginning, which I liked a lot. And I told her so at the end. And she, but she came up to me. She said, now I know what I need to do with the rest of my life. And I was like, what's that, Sister Regina? It must have been quite an inspirational speech I gave. (laughs) And oh, she's, this is your regular. This is your regular speech you gave. Lynn, yeah, it- no, it was a focused speech on like how to become a writer for these teenage girls. It was a pretty good speech, I have to say. And um, she said, "You're the one that needs to tell Mother Cabrini's story to the world." Okay, oh, and oh, I said, man. "You know, I'm currently working on a book, um, shockingly, about another saint, but not Mother Cabrini, who is a saint. She was the first not American-born saint, but naturalized American citizen saint, Mother Cabrini. Now I know." Uh, and I said, "You know, Sister, I'm I'm working on something right now. She's going to have to get in line behind another saint." And then she took her hands, my hands, in her hands, and said a prayer. To Mother Cabrini to come down and bless oh, yeah. my hands. Oh, yeah. That oh, is wow. good Catholic guilt. Lady. I know. Can you believe <laughs> it? Center. Yeah, drop what you're doing. Yeah. You now need to do this, Leanne. Okay. Follow your path. This is I your calling. This is, and then this is she... right out of Sound of Music. Do you want me to sing that song, Climb Every Mountain? I mean, Julie, <laughs> it gets yeah. so... I said, okay, well, she said, I'm going to send you all the books I have, all the material I have on Mother Cabrini. I was like, okay. And as I'm leaving the country club, I I said, okay, Sister Regina, I'll see you soon. And she said, you have to get working right away on this. And I said, why? And she said, because we want Sophia Loren to play Mother Cabrini. (laughs) Okay. It's Hollywood, baby. (laughs) That's what I like about the L.A. nuns. They just, they're all. They're casting. They've already, they're producers. They've already got it packaged up. That's fantastic. That would be an awesome movie. It would be, it would be an awesome project to work on. Okay. How you've always, there you go. Sophia Loren. How great would that be? It would be great. Your first, first movie. Okay. And then, and then, uh, so this week, guess what I get? Oh, I get the big box of books on Mother Cabrini (laughs) from Sister Regina. Oh yeah. Oh, I got them. I got them, ladies. ladies oh, so, wow. wow, there you go. Does uh, does Sister Regina have an agent of any kind? Because <laughs> if they could go lock in Sophia Loren, it would be it would be worth getting to work on this project, Leanne. I would I would recommend dropping your other whatever you got going on. So I know some important things, but like that would be a unique project you could, you could tackle. 
It's unbelievable. Yeah, I got notes. I got I got pictures. I got everything. Oh my gosh! Well, so there you Leanne, go. I think you should get into this because this isn't this a whole market niche for films now, sort of religious themed films. You know, honestly, no. Julie, it crossed my mind. It, you know, now <laughs> that that heaven movie Noah's doing well, I'm like, would it be the worst thing in the world to write a an Oscar winning role for Sophia Loren as Mother Cabrini? I'm going to start singing Climb Every Mountain right now. Follow your dream. This is it. Oh, wow. You got to love Sister Regina, though. I know. So she's on it. I got Taking the bull by the horns. Yeah. Wow. Does she have your email address or does she? You know, the good thing about nuns is they don't email. Uh, That's what I've discovered. (laughs) Because there's another nun who's on my tail, too. Uh, Sister Barbara. Overhead, another all girls Catholic school. So she keeps calling me. So uh, that's the <laughs> nuns don't email <laughs> if they're over seventy five. Which, which most are. most of them are. Yes. Leanne, why don't you just do a treatment? Just do just whip up a one or two page treatment. Send it on. See what very see what tempting. She's an she's an inspirational woman, Mother Cabrini. Okay, <laughs> okay. wow. So you know we we landed back where we should be. Uh, you know the women who inspire us. Right. So that, that's good. Um, all right. Well, we had, speaking of uh, the entertainment business, we had a good little entertainment outing this week, Leanne. Did we not? Fantastic, Liz. My family will be talking about it forever. So thank you. We went to a what's called the table read of The Simpsons right there on the Fox lot. You gonna fill them in, or do you want me to tell? Them? Yeah, well, okay. So the so I th- I mentioned this on last week's show. So when they're getting ready to do a new episode, the whole cast comes in, all the voices and all the writers and the producers and everything, and they literally sit around a table. And they read through the script just to make sure the pacing is right and the jokes land and, you know, but we weren't sure what to expect because I'd never been to one of these before. So we didn't know, like, do they stop and start? Do they, you know, do they do it? We assume they do it in character, but maybe not. Like, is there a lot of conversation? But no, we just filed into that room on Thursday morning and they come in and they Bang that out, Leon, didn't they? They like, go, Julie. There's there was no introduction, and we were sort of sitting in a back corner. And they are animated; <laughs> they are the voices of animated characters. So you're not really sure who's who. You know, you sort of know kind of what Dan Castellaneta looks like, but it was a very crowded room, and the writers all look exactly the same. Uh, they all look like Albert Einstein, and <laughs> that's fair to say, Liz. Yes, <laughs> they themselves look like animated characters. Yes. Not one of them had combed their hair since the 90s, but um, for those who had hair, no, they were it was unkempt. But um, the voices all sat on one side. It seemed like they had their backs to us, so we couldn't see their faces. A couple of the voices, Hank Azaria and um, Harry Shearer, were actually on the phone, on a really good speakerphone. And um, uh, Yardley... Yardley Smith, right? Uh, the yeah. voice of Lisa Simpson. She was sick, so she had a stand-in voice that day. Um, but there's, you know, this is episode number blah, blah, blah. It's called this. It's written by Judd Apatow. And then they just roll. So there's no introduction. They just, you know, the EP starts reading the stage directions. The executive producer starts reading the stage directions. And then the voices just go. And it was really, first of all, a very funny winning script by Judd Apatow. And second, it is shocking. Like, you know, Hank Azaria and Harry Shearer, if you watch that show, there are dozens and dozens of characters and they do like half of the voices. So there were entire scenes when they were just conversing with themselves, but in three <laughs> different character voices. It's amazing. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was really fun. And then then at the end, people just kind of get up and go. And there's not a lot of chit chat. It's such a, I mean, they've been doing the show for 25 years. Right. It's an incredibly well-oiled machine. And Nancy Cartwright, who plays Bart, they gave us every, each one of us got a copy of the script. So that's kind of cool. And Mm -hmm. then Nancy Cartwright hangs around and she's happy to sign anyone's script. So we got our script signed and um, it was like all the way around highly entertaining. And Judd Apatow was there with his two daughters. Right. 
Right. So, he, you know, Judd Apatow was the writer now famously of Freaks and Geeks and 40-Year-Old Virgin and Knocked Up and is the executive producer of a lot of different projects, a highly respected um, highly respected comedy writer, obviously. And I thought there might be some of his people, you know, sometimes they write in guest starring roles on The Simpsons. So I thought, well, maybe they did write in a role for Seth Rogen or, or Paul Rudd. Maybe, maybe they'll be there too. But that was not the case. It was actually kind of a very old school script with a lot of um, old characters in it. All your favorites, Julie, the bullies, Mo from the bar. Uh, oh. I'm sorry Apu wasn't in it, but he was not in it. Um, and it was a story, of course. <laughs> I won't tell too much because I don't want to blow the episode, but um, Homer, of course, is, uh, is hypnotized and becomes a 10-year-old boy again. So he <laughs> um, becomes Bart's best friend. And um, Liz, it was really funny because I followed Judd Apatow on Twitter as his, I also follow his 15 year old daughter, Maude Apatow on Twitter. And, um, so I went back to see if he said anything about the table read. And you know, that script, that script, Liz, he wrote in 1990 when he first came to Hollywood, that was the spec script that he shopped around to get his first staff writing job. Oh, you're kidding. No, isn't that a great story? That is a great story. So that's why it was kind of old school with all the characters. And obviously he had to update some of the jokes and stuff, but it was just so dead on. Just reminded me of the older episodes in the show. Not too tricky. A very sweet storyline between Homer and Bart and nice moments with Lisa and with Marge and everything like that. And so his Twitter feed was like, uh, you know, waited 24 years for this table read. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that great? So that's, yeah. so it was obviously, that was a huge deal for him too. That's, he was thrilled to be there and that was the spec script. And when you come to Hollywood, you write a spec script for a show, but not necessarily the show you're hoping to get hired for. It's a, it's like a calling card script where you would take your Simpsons script and try to go get hired on Cheers, for instance. Mm-hmm. So that type of thing. They, so that you can prove to people running the show, like, oh, I get it. I can understand characters. I can just jump right in. So that was his spec script from 1990. Wow. So there you go. Well, isn't that nice? You had such a fine time at a show <laughs> that, let's review, that I believe when uh, when we have the complete downfall of the civilization, <laughs> all paths are going to lead back to the Simpsons. That, that it really, that's where it started. And in proof in point, I opened my Sunday paper uh, yeah. and I'm looking at the television television listings and they have tonight's episode of the simpsons can i just read the synopsis sure jewel okay so it is bart hates his art class so he puts a voodoo spell on his teacher who becomes (laughs) pregnant now infertile couples in springfield want his help okay so let's consider what's it mocking education it's mocking authority Religion, the family unit, infertile couples. Is there, I, I mean, and you're both laughing. So well, <laughs> that sounds so funny. We've gotten over all that stuff, Julie. We just don't care about any of that. I, I, just, I, I know you feel like the Simpsons poisoned your two boys when they were young. Poisoned children, poisoned our a whole generation. Okay, but look at look years. at what fine men your sons are now. Right. Julie. Obviously, it was not permanent. They needed someone to identify with. Bart was the perfect person to identify with, and it got them through their adolescence. And now they're fine. So I just think you should be grateful to no, the whole team at the Simpsons. I am not grateful to that group. No. no. <laughs> I think that sounds like a delightful episode, and I can't wait. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the episode that we saw this week, we don't really know yet when that will air. You know, it's probably three, four, five months from now. Right. Uh, they don't. They didn't really tell us. And from what I understand, between this table read and the episode that we'll see on the air, they they correct some things, they punch up some jokes. And a friend of mine at work, who's been several times, said it will be like when you see the final episode, it will be like twenty percent different. You know, that they, they keep everything that works and they replace, even in the room, you could tell the few things that didn't really land, as right. they say. yeah. And uh, so it'll be really fun to see a finished episode of um, of what we heard on Thursday. So, yeah, it was Can't fun. wait. Thank you, Aunt Liz. That was a great, a great thing for the boys. They loved it. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun for me too. I I never do stuff like that. Like, I forget. That's all happening all around me. And... Uh, <laughs> 
I just, You're just I, working, Liz. You're I'm not just, having enough fun. Exactly. I'm just working. All right. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I, I even even though I totally disagree with you about The Simpsons, I do need your advice about my dog. Okay. <laughs> my dog and I have now reached a low point in our relationship. This is my seven-year-old black lab named Zorro. And um, the, the main problem is now when we take a walk, we have fights. We have arguments about which way we're going to go. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding. We start out on a walk, and if I go to the right and he wants to go to the left, he just either sits down or he just stands there and he won't move. And he's 95 pounds. He's solid. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Leon, you know this. I mean, you can try to pull and coax him and nothing is happening. No. And, and, and he not- has that poker face. Yeah. He gives you, he, I mean, yeah. when I was in Dallas a lot with dad, he, when I, I would walk him and when he's, he's done, he's just done. Even if you're a half a mile from home, he just sits down like, I'm not going anywhere. And like, you think I'm going to have to carry this dog home. I'm going to have to pick him up. I know. I, so I, it's, it's really, it's gotten very serious to a point where I thought, okay, well, I've got to try. I brought some Cheerios on a, on a, a recent walk thinking that, well, you know, he's a lab. I can motivate him with food. So he did, he did the, you know, he did the stop and stare where he wanted to go to the left and I wanted to go to the right. And so I gave him some Cheerios and he said, Oh, thanks very much. And he still stood there. He's just, <laughs> he's just, he's just, I don't know what to do. I mean, I can't, it's not, it's, it's sort of serious because sometimes he chooses to like sit down in the middle of a road right. or, you know, or he just won't leave a curb, you know, it, you know, and again, we may have already walked like half a mile or a mile and we need to walk back. Uh, and he just won't go unless I go in the direction he wants. I try to accommodate him, but I can't always accommodate him. <laughs> and it's, it's really ruining our relationship, sisters. What should I do? Have you been altering your normal route? Is there a reason why he's used to being on a certain track and now you're trying to mix it up a little bit and he's just not having any of it? No, I thought that, no, it's not because we've moved. I right. thought new neighborhood. Not, yeah. 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 No, no, no. He, cause he was doing, as Leon knows, he was doing this before. That's so true. it's just, it's just, he feels like he has the power over me. I am no longer, you know, I'm no longer the alpha dog. He is the alpha dog. He's just doesn't want to go where he doesn't want to go. So I think we're going to have to bring in Kyra Sundance on this. Our, our list or one of our satellite sister listeners and professional dog trainer. So right. I, yeah, she writes to us all the time. Right. No, no. I, and I, I hope I want to get Kyra on the show anyway, because I just can't believe what she does. She like trains trick dogs. I mean, I, I, she, I think she would be more helpful than I have nothing to say. Cause I couldn't, <laughs> I, I ended up pleading and begging your dog to get, come on. <laughs> Come on, Zora, just get up. Come it's, on. It's so not because he's tired either. You know, it's not like he's not, it's not like he's tired or hot because then once he decides when he wants to go, oh, he just trots right off. Right. So I, it's not like he's hurt or in pain or he's anything. He's just obstinate. It's, yes, that's it. He's like a cranky old man or something. But he's, he's only not like old. Five, Seven right? is young. Well, all right. All right. I don't know. He's just, he's, he's but I, what to do? I don't know. It's just made every walk. Well, Julie, it's too bad that you're not in L.A. because this afternoon, Ferris and I are going to Woofstock. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's Woofstock? Woofstock? Come on. Woofstock is the big celebration this afternoon at my vet. You know, they they are this sort of – they've always had this ramshackle facility on Pacific Coast Highway, and uh, they've been working on it for about six months to upgrade the facility and expand the hospital and do all of that. So today, the grand reopening of the vet's office, they've branded it Woofstock, and <laughs> – at Wolfstock, uh, they're raising money for – they treat a lot of homeless shelter animals and things. So they're raising money for all the free treatment they provide to homeless animals. But we can go – we can get uh, complimentary heartworm testing. So that sounds fun, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. And yep. laser laser treatments. I'm not sure what they would laser. <laughs> but, you know. Your bikini line? <laughs> yeah. But also pet portraits, swag bags, live music, and food. So um, that's Woofstock this afternoon in uh, 
um, Pacific Coast Highway. So mm-hmm. now if you were here with Zorro, they're, they're going to, oh, they're also doing um, uh, dog walks around the new facility. So you could probably get some real expert advice at Woofstock. Mm-hmm. So if we make it there and I'm talking to any of the expert uh, dog people, I'll, I'll pose your question to them okay. to see if they Let's have anything see worth. See what you can find out. Yeah, I'll do anything, I think. <laughs> <laughs> you think. The, uh, the Cheerio sounds like you're trying to bait a toddler. Like what dog? <laughs> I mean, I have to say, like what dog falls you should, for I should go for something bigger. Yeah. I just didn't want. It's, but he's, you know, Leon. He doesn't really need any additional calories. No. <laughs> no, he's uh, so. I didn't, but I just thought little Cheerios would kind of perk him up. So, but yeah, he enjoyed them quite a bit, but he didn't make a move. He's like, thank you for feeding me while I sit here or stand here. Yeah, Yeah, you've lost control. (laughs) All right. Oh, one thing I did want, another thing that made me mad this week is uh, Facebook. And um, so, you know, Facebook now baits you with these questions about yourself they want you to complete filling out your your profile and so you'll you'll log in and they'll be like you know what town did you grow up in and it gives you like three choices based on their algorithm has figured out like the places that are that are most likely and i i never answer any of those because i really don't want facebook to know any more about me than they already know yeah um so uh the but this week the question was um what television uh, do you watch? And it gave me four choices. And I looked at these four choices. I thought, how old does Facebook think I am? Like, for God's (laughs) sakes, the the four choices they gave me were Johnny Carson. No. Dennis the Menace. The Wonderful World of Disney. And the Jetsons. Oh, wow. So didn't you watch all those shows, though? That's the sad part, Leah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so my, my first reaction was, no, what is it? Why would Facebook think I watch these shows? And then I'm like, oh, my God, because Facebook knows what year I was born. And, of course, I did grow up watching all of these shows. Not so much Dennis the Menace, but Johnny Carson. Yeah, that was the total coming of age in high school, staying up late, watching Johnny Carson. The Wonderful World of Disney was one of the shows when we were kids that mom and dad actually let us watch. And I saw the Jetsons somewhere so i just found that really demoralizing (laughs) that this would be like this is like a museum of television and right and somehow they know that yes it's true how how do they know that i would have watched these shows it's just they don't really know because i got which movies do you like and it was like the entire beverly hills cop series and i thought I don't think I've ever seen one Beverly Hills Cop movie. It was just an odd. It was like Goonies. Goonies one, two, three, four. It's like he hated Goonies. So it must, somebody must be using your Facebook page, right? Like I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah, I don't know right. what it is. I would. I I wouldn't worry, Liz. Okay, so I didn't answer this question. It's like I never take any of those quizzes. Like. What character on Friends would you be or all of those? I don't do any of those. For those of you who enjoy that, fine. That's okay. Again, I just – I don't want to keep providing little clues to my identity. Who knows where that's going to end up someday. So – but I did love Johnny Carson. So, yeah. Okay. So speaking of late night TV, uh, I know we record this on a Sunday morning, but often people – aren't listening to it on Sunday, which is too bad because tonight is the premiere of John Oliver's new show on HBO. So for those of you who are daily show fans like me and Leon, you are too, right? Yes. Julie, do you ever watch John Oliver? Yes. He's very funny. So funny. So funny. Originally funny. Yep. So his new show premieres tonight on HBO. It's like a weekly news uh, update show. As a matter of fact, I have the I have the ad right here. I think they must have bought like uh, so. There's so much advertising around Los Angeles, and I know how people launch these shows. They buy a lot in New York and LA, and then who knows if there's anything in between. Julie, have you seen massive advertising in Dallas for this? No, no, no. I, okay. I Anyway, here in L.A., Leon, wouldn't you say it's ubiquitous? Yes. Yeah, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's on the sides of buses. It's big billboards. It's, you know, full page, two full pages in today's L.A. Times. And so it's it's advertised as just like the nightly news, only weaklier. So (laughs) (laughs) that's cute. 
And the name of the show is Last Week Tonight, which is just very, very funny. Anyway, so that's the good news. John Oliver has his own show. The bad news is it's on at 11 p.m. On a, on a Sunday night. So the chances that I'm going to be up at 11 p.m. on a Sunday night are zero. Um, but that's what a DVR is for. So I'm looking forward to getting home from work tomorrow night and taking in a John Oliver's new show. Seems like there's a lot of good, like everything fun on TV now is happening sort of in that late night zone, like after 11. I don't know what I would do without... DVRs, all these funny shows are all opposite each other now, too. Mm-hmm. So not so much John Oliver's Sunday night, but all the, you know, I'm very happy. Stephen Colbert going to CBS, mm-hmm. all of that. I don't know how I'm going to get caught up with what they're doing. <laughs> You're going to be busy. You and Ferris have got <laughs> Well, we do have that fancy new smart TV, which I was uh, taking a tutorial yesterday about how to operate my television now. And um, it has all of these apps and things that uh, I, of course, I registered for the things on my TV, like uh, stretching classes. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you, can, you can do all that. Yeah. On yeah. your television. On your, on your TV. They have like fitness apps that you can oh. sign up for. Oh. So I'm sure I will never do it. <laughs> dog training app? Dog training app? A dog training app. I will look <laughs> to see if there's any, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so... uh, Well, you know, I know that the royal tour is over. So, Julie, we're very sad. We we have hours to fill now that we can't look at pictures of Prince George in all of his many blue outfits. Um, And you you know, you just... uh, For my grandson, Peter, I cannot... You can't buy any of those outfits. No. They're all sold out. Did you see that? That it, he's created his own fashion world and everybody wants those little shoes the that shoes. he was wearing. Oh, the They're shoes. gone. They're gone. They were really sweet. Yeah. He was cute. I know it's going to be sort of a a long, cold, dull week, Leanne. Without well, the- I know, but we have our own wedding. So it's not a royal wedding, but we have our own wedding. Did you guys get your invitations yes. yesterday yes, to Catherine no. and Alex? Yes. Is- oh, yeah. Oh, I guess Liz yeah. isn't invited. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. I am Catherine's godmother. I'm sure I'm getting some special invitations. <laughs> well, then we won't tell you about the invitations. They are beautiful, though. So Catherine, our niece, of course, has been on the show. She is getting married uh, in the middle of June on the Cape. So now we can spend the next two months talking talking about our dresses but um that's right yeah it's uh, the clock is ticking we have to the I know. that's why sheila couldn't be on the show this week she has already started working on her outfit no doubt i think anything kate wore a down under it would be great so julie you are the only one that sort of can fit into her clothes so you should get one of her dresses just get you think one I can wear the yellow what do you know okay. oh the, yeah it might be a little young I, that's what okay. i would say but the tory okay. birch that was good so i would I would work on that one. Uh, anyone going anywhere this week, Liz? Going to Europe or anything? <laughs> Woofstock, Lee. Oh, you're going to Woofstock. Yeah, yeah. That's my that's my big plan. And then I'm also I keep hearing fantastic things about this movie Lock. Have you been reading oh, about this? I have I heard also good things. I, I think I, I think I'm going to go see that tonight. Because okay. it's only 85 minutes long, which I think is the perfect length for a movie. And, <laughs> and But it's Tom Hardy, who's an awesome actor. Yeah. And it all takes place inside his car. It's like one car ride. Right. And it just sounds fantastic. So I thought I would take in like a, I'm actually having my hair cut this afternoon and then go directly to the movies. Okay. So I got that going on. But this week at What work, a great thing to do on a beautiful day in LA. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Stay inside. That's good. <laughs> well, you know, movie. and then we got Wolfstock before right. the haircut. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you that, are busy. You're busy. So, You're busy. So, so the, that, that, will, that will be outside. Yeah, I don't know. What do you got going on this week? Uh, shockingly, I managed to get my husband to sit down this morning with a calendar and actually commit to going to Catherine's wedding. You know how he's like the, I mean, he of course wanted to go. He just refuses to make plans. And once you put four people on a plane to the East coast, you should stop at one or two other spots along yeah. the way. Oh, so okay. we actually like committed and I'm going to buy tickets for our family vacation to the East coast. So looking forward to that. Um, so I'm just going to do that before he changes his mind. <laughs> so, so. 
So <laughs> lock him in. Yeah, lock him in. And then Colin has been on spring break this week, which has been so fantastic. So now it's the long four week push to the end of school. So I'll be doing some brow beating and things like that. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Some advanced math. Too yeah. Goodly. <laughs> when will Algebra 2 end? I am just grateful when it's over that I'll never have to go through Algebra 2 again, personally or with any of my children, after the end of this year. Why didn't they get their father's math genes? Why? He was a math major in college. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Julie, got anything? I've got a lot of Nana duties this week. Uh, my son is going uh, on a long business trip. So my daughter-in-law is going to be home with the three kids by herself. First time oh, wow. since the baby was born. Oh, wow. Is right. Yeah. So, so we, we're going to be filling in. We have, you know, we're going to be doing the school runs, the, you know, helping out in the morning and in the evening. So um, I will be busy. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I just want to throw in some, um, a business insight that we had this week about our podcast. Leanne and I were discussing uh, now because you've all been so kind filling out questionnaires about the show and yes. watches. We get a lot more of the back-end data than we used to. And so one of the things we noticed... <laughs> when we can remember our passwords. <laughs> the password. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We, we have so much insight when we can remember, is it... Dolan with a capital D, little O. <laughs> Where is our password? Yeah. Yeah. We even had a conference call last week with the nice people at Stitcher, which is our favorite podcast listening app. They wanted to know what more can they do for us. <laughs> and we were like, mm, could What's... you send us our password? <laughs> <That's> our password. <laughs> One of their most successful podcasts there. Do you know our password? <laughs> Secrets to business success. <laughs> business success. Write down your passwords. So I did figure out our password for Stitcher. And I was looking at the actual information. And it's just so great to see how many of you are listening and how many people are using either the Stitcher app or the podcast app that just comes on your uh, iPhones. But the one thing I noticed, Julie, is that some of our listeners, the people have busy lives. I understand. So occasionally they don't listen to the whole show. You know, if we're right. like 40, 50, 60 minutes, they don't get to the end. And so we always save all of our promotion for the end. So, and Leon and I promised this week that we would stop doing that. We would put some of that at the beginning of the show, which of course we did not we do We did not today. do. We're just so excited to get going. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so just a reminder that um, that all the really good stuff is at the end of the show. Right. So, <laughs> but you're going to try to write that down. So the next time we do a show, we'll remember. Well, to- yeah, we'll do it at the beginning. Okay. You know, it's just simple. People email us all the time and they want to know what they can do to help support the show. So that's why our theme this year has been Share the Sisters. So if you like our show. Tell your friends about it. If you see it, if you're a member of our Facebook group, we always post the show there first. Uh, you can just share that into your newsfeed. If you listen to it on iTunes, it's really helpful to us if you subscribe to iTunes and you write a review there. Any of that, any of the just spread the word, share the sisters, that is all good for us. So um, so starting next week, you might hear some of this <laughs> earlier on in the show. <laughs> or we'll just create our own commercial breaks in the middle. Maybe, maybe not start with it but in the middle anyway that was our big insight this week julia that's what the biz dev department was working on this week is first our uh password and then <laughs> and then our strategy well i'm so glad i can count on you two sisters yeah thanks very much anyway so uh that's it for this week leon and julie you're back on tuesday right you got some big plans for the tuesday show oh uh, liz so, like, always yeah. Okay. <laughs> right, Joel? Always. <laughs> right, right, Liam. <laughs> okay, going deep on shallow things. That's what they say on Tuesday. Let's let's hope Mr. Selfridge continues on its up wi- up uphill swing. Let's hope. Yeah. Let's hope. <laughs> you guys gotta have a big show tonight, Liam. <laughs> oh, so we are the satellite sisters. Don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs> <laughs>